A CNN contributor has compared the indictment of President Trump to the killing of Osama bin Laden. I'm telling you, they are nuts. Former D.C. police officer, CNN analyst Michael Fanone compared the most recent indictment of Trump. That's over January 6th and over trying to steal the election. They say he had the same, he says he had the same feeling when he heard Trump was indicted as when he heard that the Navy SEALs killed Osama bin Laden in 2011. We'll play you that clip in just a moment. Welcome to the Yaakov M Show on VIN News, Yeshiva International, Nucky Radio, and other podcasting platforms. Coming up, President Trump says he will not participate in the first Republican debate. That's the right move. Good for him. President Obama told Joe Biden, secretly told Biden, that Trump is a stronger candidate than he is getting credit for. So that's pretty interesting. I tend to agree. President Biden has given $2 billion to the Taliban over the last couple of years. $2 billion. We will get to that coming up. What a disgrace. A judge has ruled that New York State is no longer allowed to give out licenses to marijuana shops, at least temporarily. We'll explain why coming up. It's absurd. The, the, the people they are giving out licenses to sell marijuana is going to shock you. All right. Send me an email, josh at vinnews.com. Josh, J-O-S-H at vinnews.com. We read every email. Try to respond to as many as possible. Send me feedback. Send me positive feedback. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you can't stand. Tell me what you disagree with. I can take it. I love it. I just like that people are engaged. They're on a news anchor at C CBS News says the reason. Oh, well, you got to get to the CNN clip. All right, I have a bunch of clips to get to here, but let's start with the CNN clip. After I teased it and I mean hyped it up big time, I almost forgot it. So a CNN analyst, an analyst, says he felt like the day that Bin Laden was killed. Listen to this clip. When I first learned about the indictment, um, I had a long conversation with a friend of mine, Ryan Riley, and uh, I told him how proud I felt uh, to be an American at that moment, uh, much in the way that I did uh, when I learned that uh, our military had killed Osama bin Laden. Again, that is a former D.C., former Washington, D.C. police officer, Michael Fanon, CNN analyst, okay? Somebody explain to me how Trump derangement syndrome is not a mental illness, how somebody like that can walk around, can be a CNN analyst, can be accepted and recognized and embraced by the media, by the leftists, by the by, by, by the lunatics on the left. And they're not deranged and they're not mentally ill because they actually believe that it get they no, not believe, not believe. They feel it in their bones, in their hearts, in their blood. The emotions are overwhelming them. Trump got indicted because he actually tried to uphold the Constitution. He actually tried to 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 to, to uh, prove that the election results that uh, Biden winning was was rigged, and now he's been indicted for it. I felt like as proud of my country as the moment that we got Bin Laden, which by the way took way too long. But that's a story for. Another day. All right. So uh, a CBS anchor uh, says that the reason that gas prices are so high is because of the extreme heat. You cannot make this up. Can't, literally pumping gas at the pump. OK, g- g- gas prices to fill up your car, fill up your tank. Gail King of CBS News, she says that, you know why they're so high? Doesn't mention a word about Biden or about inflation. It's because of that. By the way, go and try to figure out how the extreme heat somehow is connected to gas prices. So listen to this clip. 
Have you noticed a recent surge in gas prices this summer? Join the club. You're not alone. The national average price of a gallon of regular is now $3.83. That's about 30 cents more than it was just a month ago. One big factor might surprise you. It seems this summer's extreme heat is playing a role. Extreme heat. This summer's extreme heat. I mean, at least I guess she admitted that gas prices are very high. So maybe that's your story right there. That's the bombshell right there is that the major media actually recognized the high gas prices, but of course doesn't attribute it to inflation or Biden or Biden's oil policies, but to extreme heat. Now, apparently she went on to say that the extreme heat has shut down oil refineries and that's causing there to be a shortage of oil. You know how many months it takes? Because the extreme heat is very recent, right? There was a big heat wave, right? Uh, by the way, when there's extreme cold, somehow we're not allowed to prove to disprove you know, climate change and global warming. But when there's extreme heat, suddenly all the Democrats uh, believe in the notion that extreme weather uh, reflects the uh, the state of the climate and climate change. But you know how many months it would take it to impact the actual market and affect the price of the pump if, if she's right that the extreme heat is shutting down oil refineries and that somehow is causing there to be an oil shortage? Of course, no mention of Biden. His policies have caused inflation to skyrocket. And, uh, oh, but by the way, inflation is down this month. No need to worry. Prices are only 10 times what they were when Biden took office. Prices were on track to be 20 times higher than they were when Biden took office. But inflation is slowing. It's slowing down. So now it's only 10 times the price that caused, that things caused when Biden took office. So uh, I guess we're supposed to be, like, relieved and consoled by that. All right, President Biden is funding the Taliban, the terror group. Yes, the Taliban terror group responsible for the 9-11 attack. Literally, Biden is funding them. The Biden administration has sent more than $2.3 billion, taxpayer dollars, of course, to Afghanistan since the Taliban regained control, thanks to him and his botched pullout, regained control of the Afghani government in 2021. Okay, so this is according to an inspector general's report. This is a government report. This is not some kind of like, you know, right wing website, extremist website or something like that. Okay, this is not Breitbart. An inspector general report actually came out. It's uncovering all these like hidden expenses. And they say we've spent $2.3 billion we have sent, Biden has sent to the Taliban. Now, the United States, you know who Afghanistan's top supporter is, top funder, top sponsor is the United States of America. Thank you, of course. And the government officials, literally there are government officials and there are members of Congress who say that these funds may be propping up the Taliban's government, a terrorist government. No kidding. I mean, what do you, what exactly do you think? Like, who, they are in charge. They're in charge of the country. Uh, this is uh, spending data that was disclosed this week by Special Inspector General for Afghan Reconstruction. Okay, and uh, out of the 2.3 billion that's been sent, 1.7 billion remains available for disbursement. Okay, so that money is ready to flow. Now, where's the money going? It's going to entities. Remember, this is for Afghani reconstruction. Why do they need to reconstruct Afghanistan? Well. It's been in shambles for many, many years, but of course, ever since Biden's incredible, catastrophic pullout and deadly pullout, by the way, it was it was disastrous. It was horrific. Uh, ever since then, we've been sending billions of of dollars to Afghanistan to help them somehow in reconstruction, as though like it's ever going to work. Place a wasteland. It's always going to be a wasteland. Just stop sending them money. But guess what? One point seven billion is still available. Where's this money getting dispersed? It's getting dispersed to entities that are working on reconstruction projects in Afghanistan. Who do you think 
control. And we know nothing ever gets reconstructed. They send money to the Palestinians, to Gaza. They're sending money to Ukraine. The money ends up lining the pockets of the people in charge, of the corrupt people in charge, the corrupt government or terrorist groups or whoever's running the place. And nothing actually gets constructed or reconstructed. We know that money. That money goes to waste. That money is goes to a bunch of corrupt leaders and does nothing, okay? And it probably probably a lot of military and defense contractors and, and defense people working for the Defense Department and, and, the, and, and the American military probably get kickbacks as well, right? And don't, would we be surprised? Of course not. So our tax dollars are going literally to groups that are reconstructing Afghanistan. Who's running it? The Taliban. Who controls all those groups? The Taliban. The Taliban is a military terrorist dictatorship, and we're sending billions of dollars. Why is Biden doing this? Because he botched the withdrawal, and now he's trying to somehow make up for it and compensate for it, okay? Because Biden has no idea what's going on, and he does whatever the military tells him, and that's what they're telling him to do. And then we wonder, how are these terrorist groups propped up, right? Who's supporting and funding the terrorist groups? Our government, I know it sounds surreal, but I'm reading you literally, it's from an inspector general's report that our government is going, giving money. Okay, the inspector general doesn't use the words, the money is being funded to the Taliban. It says the money's going to Afghanistan for reconstruction projects, and the money's going to entities in Afghanistan that are involved in reconstruction. Well, let's do the math here and figure out who's in control and who's ultimately going to get that money. And so I am so done with military uh, spending, you know, and defense spending. You know, I used to say fund the military, fund the Department of Defense. And the military used to be upstanding. And that money used to go for good causes. That money used to go for de- for weapons that we could use for actual defense. You know, the, the, you need military equipment. You need tanks. You need Air Force jets and all these other things. Now we know that money just gets wasted. That money ends up in the pockets of defense contractors, that money goes to Ukraine, that money goes to the Palestinians, and you name it, and on and on and on. That money goes to the most evil, and, and, and Iran. Biden is cutting a deal with Iran. Obama cut a deal with Iran, and he sent billions of dollars to Iran. So I'm done. It's so corrupt. It's a, it's a, it's a bunch of warmongers and a bunch of crooks, and Republicans are actually complicit at this, this point, because most Republicans love funding the DOD, the, the, the Defense Department. And like I said, I also used to uh, support funding for the Defense Department until I realized that money's going to Ukraine, that money's going to the Taliban, that money's going to Iran, that money's going to the Saudis. So defense spending is a waste, and it's more than a waste. It's literally propping up our enemies. It's propping up terrorists. So that money, it's not being used for defense. It's being used to pay off people like President Zelensky and people like the Ayatollah. And there's a new report from Breitbart, by the way, shocking report. President Biden, no, it shouldn't shock me. I don't know why I say shocking. I, it, it, it should shock us, but sadly it doesn't. President Biden is ready to ask Congress as soon as they reconvene, because they're on their recess. I always make fun of Congress. They go on an August recess. Who gets an August recess? Nobody in the private sector, nobody who has an actual job gets a month-long recess. But, but Congress gets a recess, and I always make fun, and I'll say it again. Why do they call it a recess? They, can you call it a break? Can you call it, maybe call it a vacation is better than recess. Who gets recess? 12-year-olds get recess. 10-year-olds get recess. Fourth graders get recess, okay? That, that's Congress. That tells you the intelligence level. Well, uh, that, that's a little insulting to fourth graders to say that Congress is on their intelligence level. I don't want to insult the fourth graders. But uh, but more than that, it tells you the mentality. That, oh, we're going to take recess now. Well, why? Because i got to go raise money. And uh, I have to go on break. And I have to go, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, pander to my to my constituency. But either way, Biden is going to ask Congress for more funding to Ukraine. Literally, can't make it up. How much have we given them? $100 billion? He's giving them, he wants to give another $10 billion. And remember, we keep making these accounting errors. So we send them like $40, $40 billion or whatever, however much. I don't know if I'm getting the numbers wrong, but $40 billion of military equipment. And then we run out of money. And then we recalculate, oh, that money was, that, that, that equipment 
we actually we, 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 we calculate it wrong. It's actually only $30 billion worth of equipment, so we still get to send them another $10 billion of equipment. So they keep getting to send them an endless, bottomless pit of equipment and uh, say that it's still not what was allocated. All right, President Trump, as I said, he says he will not participate in the first GOP debate. This is the right decision, as I said. Listen to this clip. Coming in just a few weeks is the first scheduled Republican yeah. primary debate. There's been a lot of speculation as to whether you're going to go or if you're going to do some kind of other event. You've talked about maybe doing something with Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Have you made your mind up? What's your plan on that front? So I haven't totally made a decision. I like the debates. I might be here because of the debates. I might have won against Hillary with the debates, and I might have gotten the nominations because of the debates. But when you're leading by 50 and 60 points against these people, and you have people at zero and one and two, and then they're going to be asking me hostile questions, uh, and they probably won't have much of an audience if I'm not in the debates, according to what I read. (laughs) If I'm not in the debates, they're not going to have a very big audience. It seems almost like it would be foolish to do them. Uh, Reagan didn't do them. Other people didn't do them. Uh, and I don't know that I should be doing it, you know, to, to be up against a hostile network uh, with hostile people that are polling at zero. I mean, they don't have any votes. I mean, one of them had actually a zero with an arrow pointing left. I'm trying to figure out what that means. Probably means that they have too many votes and, you know, like the election. But, but they're at one, two, three, four, five, maybe. And I'm in the 60s. I see a poll the other day, 78. I'm at 78, and you have people at zero. And I feel it's sort of foolish to be doing it. I think it could be stupid. It could be a stupid thing to do. But I have not made up a decision. Uh, I don't mind doing them. I I like to do them. I enjoy them, actually. And I I think they're a good thing. But when you're leading somebody by 50 or 60 points, I think doing it might be foolish. (laughs) <laughs> okay, now look, I misspoke, I guess, because technically he didn't say that he made his decision, didn't declare that he's not. And he's talking about Fox News, the hostile network, by the way. But, uh, you know, I think it's pretty clear here where he's leaning. So I guess we can't say it's final, but certainly very strongly inclined not to debate. He's 100 percent right. It would be demeaning. And he's making fun. 60 percent. And he's saying he enjoys the debates. I enjoy him debating more than he does. And that's a lot. And, and, and he could wipe the floor with any of these people like he did on CNN. Remember during that town hall and like he did with Hillary, like he did with, with Jeb Bush and the list goes on and on and Chris Christie. But he, here's the point is he's going to get it's going to be stacked against him. It's going to be demeaning. He's the former president of the United States and he's leading by like 40 points. And like you said, a lot of these candidates are at like zero or negative, you know, not negatives, obviously, but in other words, below one, below one percent, which they don't even measure. And think he's going to get out of a two hour debate. He's going to get like 10 minutes of talk time on stage. OK, he's going to be on stage with a bunch of basically loser candidates. And he's going to get only a few minutes of talk time because they're going to go around. There's going to be 10, 12, 14 candidates. Right. So everyone's going to get just a few minutes. So it's literally putting him it's a, it's making him basically equivalent. Maybe he'll get a couple extra minutes because he's bowling so high. But it's making him equivalent to Chris Christie. It's making him equivalent to Mike Pence. And those people are going to be so condescending to him. And they're going to talk about how he tried to overthrow the Constitution and, you know, just totally just destroy the Constitution. Like, he's the former president. He's going to be abused. And he's going to be abused by all of them. They're going to gang up on him. And you know what it's like? He's beating them by 50 points. He's on the same stage as them. He's only going to get a few minutes, and he's going to have to keep interrupting him. And then when he interrupts, they're going to say, oh, he's interrupting. Look how rude he's being. Look how he, look, look, look at his bad manners. It, 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 to me, it would be like the New York Yankees telling him that in order to make it to the 
to the championships, to the World Series, the New York Yankees has to play a game against the Lakewood Blue Claws, you know, or, uh, in order to qualify. Or to, they have to play a game against, like, Little League, even if they crush them. But – and by the way, it's different because it's much more subjective. Sports is objective. You either score the run or you don't score the run. But they're on stage. They're going to figure out a way to flip whatever Trump does against him. So I, I definitely think he has way more to lose than to gain and not through, through no fault of his own. But that's just that's just how the whole scenario would play out. So I totally understand his logic there, but we'll have to wait and see. He might just be too tempted. He might not, not, might not have the self-control, self-restraint because – like he said, he might just enjoy it too much. All right, a judge has ruled no new cannabis shops will be allowed to open in New York State. Why? Why has the judge, and this is a temporary ruling, temporary injunction, while a lawsuit uh, goes through and is filed and it plays out. But New York State has been giving out licenses for marijuana shops. They give preference, preferential treatment. They give priority of the licenses to people who have past, gotten been past convictions for drug dealing, past convictions for selling drugs. In other words, if you have people who have been convicted, who have been sent to jail because they sold drugs, they are drug dealers, that's who New York State is giving the first license, is giving priority to in terms of issuing licenses to people to open up marijuana shops. Because you can't just open up, it's not a pizza shop, where, where, where like you could just decide you're opening up a pizza shop. It's, it's a marijuana shop, so even though it's legal, but only people who are licensed can can do it. And New York State says, you know who's getting the first dibs? You know who's getting top priority, who we're issuing licenses to first? We're giving it to people who have been, who are convicted drug dealers. Convicted drug dealers. Tell me this is not the Babylon Bee. Every story we've read about Biden gives two, sends $2 billion to the Taliban. I mean, this is, you know, uh, why, why is, why are gas prices so high? They've been high for two years. Why are gas prices so high? Oh, because the extreme heat. Well, why is there extreme heat? Oh, that's probably Trump's fault. Trump is the reason for the extreme heat. Trump's policies, which haven't even had an impact yet, they were too recent impact on the on the climate. If if you even believe that they could impact the climate, the fossil fuels and everything else, and and Trump actually, you know what Trump? You know why he's so evil? Because he actually removed the Obama ban from shower heads with terrible water pressure. Trump actually allowed us to enjoy the shower and have water pressure come out, strong strong nice water flow come out, and of course Biden reversed that, but. Yeah, New York State, they're giving it, they say the first priority, it's the Babylon Bee, it's the Babylon Bee. First priority, who's allowed to sell drugs legally, sell marijuana legally in New York State? People who sold drugs illegally and were convicted and went to prison. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it is literally, what explanation do you have? It's redistribution of wealth. New York State is all about propping up criminals, propping up illegals. So the judge says, thank, thankfully the judge ruled, uh, it has black, blocked cannabis regulators from issuing licenses to what they call weed shops, marijuana shops. The ruling is the latest blow to New York's ambitious effort to ensure that people who are harmed by marijuana enforcement are now able to reap the financial benefits of the legalization of marijuana. The ruling sides with service-disabled veterans who filed the lawsuit. Disabled veterans filed the lawsuit against this insane policy because they say, I'm going to read you here from Politico over here, because they say that they actually are supposed to get top priority to have these licenses, and they're right by letter of the law, not past marijuana, you know, drug dealers and 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 convicts. So uh, let me read you here for, from Politico. New York cannabis regulators attempted to roll out the recreational marijuana market with a bold licensing program that prioritized the first dispensary license for licenses for entrepreneurs with past cannabis convictions or immediate family members with past convictions, nonprofits that serve formerly incarcerated populations are also eligible for the licenses. 
For entrepreneurs with past convictions, the state designated a program that would pair them with real estate and capital. But fewer than 20 stores have opened almost two and a half years after the state first legalized marijuana. And there's a thriving illegal market. There's a thriving underground market. So they legalized marijuana. And guess what? The black market for marijuana is thriving because nobody's actually opened these stores for whatever reason. Because they're not giving it to people who actually are capable of, of, of being business owners. Hundreds of, of unlicensed shops have sprung up in the meantime. Unbelievable. And, of course, I'm sure none of them are getting charged or getting fined or getting penalized, and let alone going to jail. The wait, the delay has angered entrepreneurs like the veterans bringing this lawsuit, the disabled veterans, and they're supposed to receive priority. Under the 2021 legalization law, veterans, disabled veterans, are one of the groups that are actually supposed to receive priority in order to get licenses, and they're not. So the court is now blocking the state's regulatory agencies from issuing new licenses. All right, the Trump indictment. You know, I just want to mention this again. I mentioned I, we touched on this last time. Trump, they're indicting Trump over January 6th and uh, for trying to basically prevent Joe Biden from being declared president. And they, they but Trump wanted to prove that the election was stolen. And the whole indictment is built on the fact that predicated on the bizarre, the, the absurd idea that somehow Trump knew he, he knew that he lost. He knew that he lost. It's like Trump never thinks he lost. Trump thinks that he won the 2012 election. He didn't even run. So like, oh, yeah, Trump, he knew that he lost. But because if Trump thinks he won, then he's not committing a fraud when he and that and and that's not me talking. That's the actual lawsuit. The actual the indictment against Trump says that uh, Trump knew they knew that he has to they have to prove that Trump actually knew that he lost, believed that he lost. But still, he tried to what they're saying is overthrow the results of the election, overturn the election, steal the election, because if he believes he won, You can't charge him with fraud and all these other bogus charges because he's trying to carry out justice. He's trying to actually he thinks he won fair and square, which he still believes he won fair and square. And uh, he's trying to, you know, get uh, to overturn the fraud that was that was Biden's victory. So it's just so it's just so laughable and comical that they're trying to claim this. Everybody knows that Trump never, ever thinks he loses anything. And certainly in this case, and like, well, A.G. Barr said that he lost. A.G. Barr said that they investigated. I saw Jesse Gestetner made a great point. He said January 6th, right? The January 6th protest, January 6th riots, right? It's it's still not, we still have no conclusions. inconclusive, right? The Democrats say that these Trump supporters, the MAGA supporters breached the Capitol and, uh, and, and, and carried out all sorts of violence against these cops and everything else, Capitol Police. And meanwhile, you have Tucker Carlson, a lot of people on the right, a lot of Republicans and Trump supporters. They say, no, 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 no. The FBI let them in and they say, Capitol Police. We have videos of Capitol Police who are actually escorting these people around the Capitol peacefully. So Jessica Stedner, he's like, January 6th, those protests, there are cameras everywhere. We have thousands of hours of footage, cameras everywhere, and we still can't agree. Wait a second. Was it the MAGA supporters or was it not? Was it Trump supporters or was it the Democrats who incited it and the FBI? We still have no idea. And we have cameras everywhere. But like this massive, and that was like one place. And then you have this massive election. You have the 2020 election. Millions and millions. You have mail-in ballots and hundreds of millions of, of ballots, right? 160 million ballots, 150 million ballots and, and all sorts of potential fraud and all these cities everywhere and no cameras and, and it's all hidden and all done in secret. And that six weeks later, they knew everybody knew that the election was over and that the election wasn't rigged and that the election wasn't stolen. And Trump's allegations were, were, were bogus allegations. Are you kidding me? How does anybody know? We can't even agree on things that that we're watching on camera that would happen in one place for an hour. A CBS poll says that half the country believes that Trump tried to stay in office beyond his term using illegal and unconstitutional tactics and means. CBS poll, again, laughable. Fifty one percent of People polled say that Trump was planning to use illegal 
means and tactics to remain in office. 29% say that he planned to do it legally. So what's amazing is if you ask, uh, if you poll people about anything about Trump, right? Poll people, get, you just poll a random group of people, some Trump supporters, some Trump haters, right? And just about ask them anything that does Trump had to do, mean tweets or nice tweets. Well, then maybe even his supporters would agree that his tweets can be mean. But is Trump a good president, a bad president, successful or failure? What do you think of his policies, his travel ban and the border and everything else? You're always going to get at least 51 percent, 50 to 51 to 55 percent of the country saying whatever they can negatively about Trump. So like, oh, CBS poll, 51 percent say Trump planned to stay in office by illegal means and 29 percent say plan to do illegally. And then I guess the rest are undecided. Like, of course, I mean, that, that, that means nothing. There's always going to be 50 percent against Trump. There's always going to be a few percent who are undecided. You know, so here, 20 percent undecided. Ask them about any Trump policy. You're going to get something along those lines. People don't like successful, especially Democrats. They they don't like and even some independents. They don't like the fact that Trump is successful. So, yeah, I understand here, you know, uh, he was, uh, you know, uh, people think that that he was using some some sort of uh, inappropriate strategies to try to. To, to, to try to win win this election, even though he says it was constitutional. He wanted Mike Pence to basically not declare Biden the winner. And, uh, the, the, uh, you know, I, you need a legal expert, a constitutional scholar to really answer that. But they literally passed a law after January 6th. They passed a law saying that the vice president doesn't have the right to overturn the election. So it doesn't have the right to overturn the will of the people and say, you know what, or what they claim is the will of the people. And say, you know what, this is rigged. So why would they pass that law if that was already the law? So Trump has a really good point there. All right, bombshell story in the Washington Post. President Obama war has warned Joe Biden. He says Trump is a much stronger candidate than anyone thinks. This is in the Washington Post. They say Tr- Obama had a private meeting with Biden this summer and says Trump is a more formidable candidate than Democrats realize. Washington Post quoted two sources uh, Obama had a private lunch and they, he told Biden, do not underestimate Trump. Now, again, he's talking to Biden. And you really wonder. I mean, Biden, I don't know if Biden even knows who Trump is at this point or who, or who Biden is at this point. But, you know, maybe he's talking to his advisors or who knows what. But make no mistake. But Obama is not underestimating Trump. A lot of Republicans are underestimating Trump. I'm not underestimating Trump. I keep saying this again. When people say people say, oh, you think Trump's going to win. I didn't say I think Trump's going to win. I don't think Trump's going to win. I didn't know who was going to win in 2016. I almost never say so-and-so is going to win, except the primary. Trump's going to win the primary. I'm talking about the actual general, okay, because it, there are so many factors. It's impossible. It's an electoral college. It's impossible to know who's going to win the general. That's what I'm saying is it's impossible to know. So anybody who tells you, and I've heard so many people say this, oh, Trump, he has no shot. He's the one candidate who has no shot. You think Mike Pence has a shot? You think Chris Christie has a shot? Who has a shot? Tim Scott has a shot? Nikki Haley has a shot? Who has a shot? You know, Vivek, right? Vivek has a shot. They're calling him Vivek, not Vivek. So we'll call him Vivek. I have no idea how to pronounce it. It's like Kamala and Kamala, right? But, like, I don't know who has a shot. But that's my point is we don't know. We don't know. Well, Obama's saying we don't know. Obama's saying don't underestimate this person. But what's really fascinating is bombshell story in Tablet Magazine says Obama is still pulling the strings. Obama's the one controlling the White House. Okay, and he has been since Biden took office. And that makes so much sense because, again, Biden is the best thing that ever happened to radicals like Obama and the radical wing of the Democrat Party because they have him. They're totally controlling him. He's a puppet. He's a marionette. Biden has no idea what's going on. So his advisors are the ones who are who are uh, implementing all these policies, all these radical leftist policies. Who would be the one most positioned to do that? Obama, because Obama controls the party and Biden was his VP and, and, and Biden appointed a ton of former Obama staffers. Well, now. Literally, this tablet magazine story is saying just that. It's saying, and, and by the way, so it's saying the White House is filled with former Obama staffers 
who are literally controlling Biden and carrying out Obama's will. And and Obama's running the country. And it's terrifying because Obama's not the one getting the blame for all the bad stuff. And Obama is a radical socialist. And he ruined the country once. He's doing it again. And what's amazing is, this is stunning, is that Obama actually said this in 2015. This is what he said he wanted to do. Listen to this quote. Obama, uh, Obama was on with Stephen Colbert, the talk show host, in 2015. Okay, he was still president. And he, and he said, quote, I used to say if I could make an arrangement where I had a front man or front woman and they had an earpiece in and I was just in my basement in my sweats looking through the stuff and I could sort of deliver the lines while someone was doing all the talking and the ceremony, I'd be fine with that because I found the work fascinating. Okay, and it sounds like he's talking about the presidency, even though apparently this happened in 2015, so he was still the president. I found the work fascinating, but that's what he said. He said he's fine just being in his sweat in his sweatpants in the basement calling the shots uh, secretly. And that's exactly what what is going on? I heard A.G. Barr tried to explain why he did not appoint a special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden. His explanation is pitifully, pitifully weak. Barr was asked on Sunday, uh, CBS News, Face the Nation. He was asked if he regretted not appointing a special counsel for to investigate Hunter Biden. Unbelievable. OK, he should absolutely regret it. It's a disgrace. Barr said, no, I don't regret it. When I was the attorney general to appoint a special counsel, you have to have a conflict of interest. I had no conflict of interest investigating Hunter Biden. If there was a conflict, it would be Merrick Garland. And he had to make the decision when he took office whether he should appoint a special counsel. If I prejudged that and I preempted that decision, I would actually set things up that he would have canceled the investigation. And I felt he would keep our U.S. attorney in place, but he would fire uh, a special counsel. Once Garland came in, he had the responsibility to determine whether a thorough investigation was being done and being done. Are you kidding me? A.G. Barr is trying to excuse the fact he didn't appoint a special counsel because Merrick Garland would have shut down the special counsel. But if you just leave a U.S. attorney in place, then that's going to be a, that's going to be a fair investigation. I, I mean, what? It makes absolutely no sense. It's absurd. A.G. Barr, again, he didn't appoint a special counsel because he likes being cushy and cozy with the left, with the Washington establishment. He likes being a part of that world. Bob Mueller was different because the Mueller probe everybody knew was a hoax. But A.G. Barr has done everything he could to undermine Trump and to prop up Biden and to prop up the Democrats. I'm so disappointed. I really was I really was so impressed with A.G. Barr. And I'm not anymore. What can I say? But are you kidding me? Your logic is you didn't appoint a special counsel. He appointed a special counsel. He appointed John Durham as special counsel. Remember, John Durham was investigating the Russia hoax. Why didn't he say, oh, Merrick Garland's going to shut it down? Because he knew you need a special counsel because that's your only chance of resisting Merrick Garland. Because a special counsel can actually make their own decisions, call the shots, and not be beholden to Merrick Garland, even though technically you are, but you're not. A special counsel, Merrick Garland is not going to fire a special counsel. He would not. And and, and, and A.G. Barr knows that. Remember when Richard Nixon fired the special Counsel, that was mayhem when Trump used to threaten to fight that he was going to fire Mueller. Pe- people went ballistic. Okay, so AJ Barr saying, Oh, I thought if I appointed a special counsel, then uh, Merrick Garland would fire the special counsel investigating Hunter Biden. Never, never, never. AJ Barr didn't appoint a special counsel because he didn't want to get his hands dirty and uh, basically be viewed as an enemy of Joe Biden. So he unbelievable that he let that he let the, that investigation just run its course, uh, in knowing full well that what would happen, which which happened, which is that Merrick Garland would step in and, and take control and uh, and basically tell the U.S. attorney investigating uh, Hunter Biden. Listen, you don't bring charges against him, misdemeanors and a plea bargain agreement, no time in jail, or else you're basically going to get fired. And Mike Pence is the same story. Mike Pence keeps saying these nasty things about Trump. He keeps slamming Trump. And he says he refuses to support Trump in 2024 because Trump put his own self-interest ahead of the Constitution. Like Pence, it's unbelievable how Pence was Trump's VP. And, you know, I was a big fan of Pence 
back in 2016, but a lot of people never heard of Pence, and Trump turned him into the vice president, okay? And and now Mike Pence has thrown Trump under the bus. And what's, it's, like, amazing. By the way, Ron DeSantis, his campaign is totally imploding. He just fired his um, campaign chief of staff or his campaign manager, and they're totally rebooting their campaign again, the DeSantis campaign. And notice what, you know, what DeSantis has in common, and I understand DeSantis is is in second place, but like he's a very distant second, and he's nowhere near where he was. Everyone predicted, and I thought that he was actually going to be neck and neck with Trump, or closer to Trump than he is at least. I'm not surprised because DeSantis he went in a totally different direction than I thought. The, 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 what, what they have in common here: Mike Pence, Chris Christie, DeSantis, Nikki Haley. They keep slamming Trump and bashing Trump. Vivek is the only one, and I understand Vivek and DeSantis are neck and neck, but Vivek was came out of nowhere, and DeSantis was at the top of the heap, and he keeps. And he keeps plunging, and that's why he keeps rebooting. Okay, it reminds me of Beto O'Rourke in 2020. And um, the, the reason is because Vivek is basically telling everybody, listen, I support Trump on January 6th. Uh, Trump, they stole the election from Trump. And Vivek is saying he pardoned Trump, and he well, he loves Trump's policies. And all these other people, they're trying to distance themselves from Trump and say, I'm not I'm not a Trump person. Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, et cetera, Chris Christie, and Vivek realizes that Republican voters, they want Trump. They don't want the negatives of Trump. So they want a candidate who sounds just like Trump, but doesn't do the mean tweets and doesn't say controversial stuff. And that's what Vivek is. And Vivek, by the way, his history, he's not even such a like conservative. You look back in his, at his history, but people just want that kind of rhetoric, that kind of talk is they want somebody who sounds like Trump without the negatives of Trump. But somehow DeSantis has not gotten that memo. Mike Pence has not gotten that memo. Certainly Chris Christie. And then they wonder why they're at polling at 1% and 0%. All right, we have so much else to get to, but we're out of time. We're going to have to save it for next time. Israel has made a major concession, major security concession um, to Biden. We will, to the Biden administration, we'll tell you about that. Hopefully next time, a museum in Seattle has removed any mention of J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter, the ultra-popular Harry Potter series. So we will tell you about that. Hunter Biden's former business partner, longtime business partner, one of the people basically in charge of Hunter Biden's firm. It turns out there's a bombshell report visited the Obama White House and Joe Biden's personal residence, private residence, 36 times back when Obama was president and and Biden was VP. So pretty astonishing. Hopefully we'll get to all that next time. That's going to do it for today. And we will see you next time.